10 out of 10, instant classic. This adult version of Scooby-Doo has such a funny twist on the original. Velma and all the gang members have a very original origin story, and it's very refreshing seeing something this new and entertaining. Seems like this has been a show I've always wanted to see, and I never knew it. I must credit all the writers, producers, and everyone else that was involved in creating this hilarious show. Was actually a show I played each new episode the day it aired. I look forward to seeing a new season on HBO Max. I'll keep my HBO subscription just because of this new Velma show. Thanks, Mindy, and all the other co-producers. <laughs> Welcome that. back to another episode of Word You Literary. <laughs> and guess Listen, what? We finished Velma. And that is the top featured review on the last episode of Velma Season 1 from HBO Max. The last episode of the season is called The Brains of the Operation, and we will absolutely get into that. But that is the last review on the show as of February 8th. We're not going to say anything else as far as who put up that review, because you know what? That's their opinion. But we're going to laugh at this somebody one. Somebody paid for it. No, somebody paid for that shit. They had no, to. No, they had to. They had to, because we watched the last six episodes of the show i know we're a little behind guys we're really sorry about that we've just been dealing with life changes but we're back and we finished the show like we promised in one go we sat down and watched six episodes back to back and i feel like my brain melted because it was just so bad (laughs) It, it hurt it hurt also i'm taking a look and there's a lot of 10 out of 10 reviews for this. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yep. So we didn't dig any further than the featured review. Okay. We didn't dig any further than that. But, man, listen, all aboard the hate train. Because, frankly, I think that the vast majority of people out there probably hate watch this show. And I'm not going to front around that. We're going to be upfront with you here. We're going to be honest and fully transparent. We went into this without that desire to hate on it, but there was just no stopping the hate that it produces. I wanted to enjoy it. I really did. I like Scooby-Doo. I like Velma. I even enjoy Mindy Calling on occasion, but I did not enjoy this. I didn't hate watch it, but I did not enjoy it. And it's... It's a lot of different things thrown at the wall to see if it would stick. There's no consistency. It is just all over the board. So before we got started on this, we were looking at a little trivia. We got a little extra info out there. And one of the things we learned is that there is one other show on HBO that has done as poorly as Velma. Not as poorly as Velma with its whopping 1.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb, but it got a 1.6, I'm pretty sure is what I read, and that show was called Santa Inc. We watched the trailer for it, and while I can say that a holiday show that involves Santa Claus probably shouldn't have a Red Band trailer to go along with it, at least it seemed like there was something going on with it something that made me kind of go hey i'm curious to know if an elf is going to take place of santa and i guess that's really the truth to be said about velma is that 
while it's amongst the lowest points of HBO Max's cred, it did make me want to kind of understand what was going to happen by the end of it. I'll give it that. There was something that made me just kind of want to know how it was going to end. While I didn't enjoy going through that journey, did you feel like you just needed to know how it was going to wrap up? I'll be honest. No, I, I didn't. Like, watching through it, it was a bit of a struggle. It was yeah. nonsensical. It tried to parody. It felt like it was trying to parody and lampoon a bunch of different things. That's what I'm saying. Like, it, it was a whole bunch. It's a hodgepodge of different series thrown at a wall to see what kind of sticks. And none of them really come through. And just, no, I just, I wasn't invested. I had, I did not care how the mystery turned out because it was just, it was ridiculous. So I did have interest in knowing how the mystery was going to turn out because at least for me, it was one of those types of storytelling that never really gave you visual clues to help the viewer kind of piece things together and decide how they thought it was going to wrap up by the typical means of deduction, right? Instead, Velma went at it from a more, we're telling you this story and we're going to tell you what you need to know when you need to know it and no sooner. And so by the time I think we got to about episode eight, I want to say was when they finally started to show us the clues that were leading up to what was going to be the ultimate reveal. But even still, it came down to the second, at least as far as it felt like for me, is that these clues didn't become apparent until literally the moment before the reveal. And that takes away from what I feel like Scooby-Doo kind of did in its original format, which was there were opportunities for you to kind of piece it together and decide who you thought the bad guy might be, right? And I don't, like with Velma, they didn't do that until they felt it was necessary to just say, here, have all of this information at once that says, this is who did it. So I'm going to interject, and I want to know what Scooby-Doo show you were watching. Because, I mean, it's been a while, but I swear... There's usually the Scooby gang and then like one, maybe two other people in the show. And obviously one of them would usually be the bad person. Yeah. Uh, So I I don't remember. I'm just talking to like original Scooby-Doo. Where are you? I know. And I'm I'm thinking of that too. The Hanna-Barbera cartoons back in the day. Yeah. Like the OG stuff. I don't remember it doing the mystery box. Well, it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong, because it was just kind of outlandish and a lot of sight gags. Yeah. But, you know, this show trying to do like a season long mystery box didn't do it well. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we need to go back and watch the season again. Just FYI, I'm not going to, but maybe (laughs) we should. No. no. And see if we can pick up on some of the clues that would point to, you know, the reveal of the villain. But truthfully, you're right. I don't remember. Anything standing out that you could go, oh, that kind of clues you into who the bad guy is. Well, and that's what I'm saying, right? Is like, I feel like I remember and granted, I probably should go back and watch a few of them just to get a refresher. Right. But like original Scooby-Doo, where are you? I do think it kind of did the mystery box 
theme a little bit better and would actually give you an opportunity to kind of take a guess at who the villain ends up being based on the clues the gang finds along the way. Whereas this time, it wasn't so much the clues that they found along the way. It was that eventually they just start delivering like, hey, here are these pieces to this puzzle that are now present. Because when we got to, like I said before, I want to say it was around episode eight or so, Velma starts to deduce that the Joneses have some sort of involvement because of the emblem that is used in their marketing for their product for Jones accessories or whatever it was. And we never see those emblems, those symbols anywhere until that episode when they're like, hey, we're going to point this out to the viewer and really show them that this is the lead that we now have. But it's like, oh, well, okay, duh. Obviously, something means that the Fred Jones's family estate blah 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 is somehow tied to something to do with all of this that's going on with Velma's mom and it it's just very forced I don't disagree I mean nothing makes a lot of sense and you're right nothing is like drip fed in such a way that you could piece it together before the show requires you to know something so you can be like aha that's what's going on like it was five minutes before the reveal where you get some information that you can be like oh i think it's this person because of this exactly and they did a lot of tropish stuff too things like saying that the villain had a pronoun right saying that they're a he as often as they can kind of led me to eventually kind of think hey Maybe it's not a he because they keep referring to them as such. And that just feels like a giveaway. So there was a lot of elements that were lacking here. And as hard as Velma tried, we talked about it a lot in the first episode. It tries to be funny and it succeeds sometimes. And it's I'd agree. Few and far between, right? I mean, for me, I think I did laugh pretty decently at the scene of baby amanda was that her name I think it's uh, her name. rolling away like through the door out into the street and sophie like diving for her oh the absurdity the, of it the baby I found amusing yes the baby yes the baby okay that the, yeah because it was absurd and later on when they do another montage of it where they went far too overboard with the joke yes Velma's they brought it back and then drove it into the dirt yeah Exactly. They really did. They drove it right into the dirt because they had Velma chasing after Amanda for through traffic, making you think that the baby was going to get hit by a car. Nobody needs that anxiety rush. Nobody needs to be experiencing that as a joke. It's just it was 30 seconds too long, frankly. And I'm not kidding. It was about 30 seconds of full on animation of this baby rolling through various hyper deadly scenarios. It felt longer. And in a way, it reminds me of Family Guy in the scene where Peter like hurts his knee or his leg or something and is laying in the street, just like rocking, going uh, (laughs) for an absurdly long time. For real. And it works because of like the absurd nature of it, but not like throwing a bunch of other stuff into it. 
Well, and when you analyze that, like, let's take that just for a brief moment here. It's because the scene lasts for an unexpected amount of time. You would think, hey, Peter tripped. He's holding his knee. He takes a couple deep breaths on it. He's hurt. We're laughing because he fell. No, instead, he keeps breathing heavily. He keeps pulling back these gasps of pain where he's just sitting there cradling his knee for a minute, like a full 60 seconds of just. I, I agree. It cycles back from being just ridiculous and unnecessary to being absurd and comedic because of how long it goes. But that was funny because it was just like unexpected and just over the top. Whereas this was unexpected, but intense because the whole time the show has been basically flirting with the line of overboard. And I mean, they even they throw it in the trailer They're at one point during the trailer when they're trying to censor themselves a little bit because it's a trailer, they throw a little title card that's shrunk down over the girl's head in the first episode that's been brain removed. Okay. And it just says across that mindless violence. So as this child is rolling through various deadly scenarios, you're just like, you know what? I don't know if the show's going to do it or not, but it might, it might. And that's too much. I don't want to be fearful of a kid. dying. I don't know. That might have gone into the realm of absurdity and taken it into comedic territory. For me. Except it didn't, though, because they didn't Correct. do it right. There's no payoff to just this overly long scene. Right. And from there, I'll say that the show kind of did drift into that absurd level where things started to become like, hey, there's less logic involved in this than there was in the original scooby-doo and so circling around to the comment i made earlier about brains <laughs> they introduced to us in the last couple of episodes that they learned that dr edna purdue purdue thank you is a mad scientist so to speak because she figured out how to transplant brains but we get this, oh, she figured out how to make a brain continue to live without everything else that the human body typically needs for a human brain to live. And it starts to breach the realm of absurdity because original Scooby-Doo always kind of had a logical plot point as far as what was causing the mystery and how it overall resolves into becoming a hey we're doing whatever we want to here and it's not necessarily a bad thing but it's also just like okay we took velma or took scooby-doo from being something that was semi-believable to being something that just can't be believed anymore because brains in a jar that can talk still and sustain life a little futurama-esque yeah like like full-on decapitated heads in a jar but sustaining things there because blood needs to pump to the brain somehow, right? Right? I mean, normally, yes. <laughs> Apparently, you know, figure out how to make it happen otherwise. Yep. Anyway, it's really just Velma tries to 
branch away from being realistic to being just needlessly and senselessly violent. Really, it just reaches a point where the logic kind of drops off. It stops being Scooby-Doo, which we already knew it wasn't based on the first handful of episodes, right? And it just chooses to be something unrealistic, just like anything else we watch these days. I don't get me wrong. I love Rick and Morty, but Rick and Morty is full of just things that are like, oh, yeah, that doesn't exist in our universe. It's not real for us, at least not currently in any way. And Scooby-Doo used to have more of that sense of realism to it where you could kind of deduce how everything ended up the way that it did by the end of an episode, right? You understand why the villain is who they are and what their motive was. And it was really just a mystery story. Now we've got brains floating in jars that can talk that are also apparently still popular regardless of their lack of body and any kind of physical attribute that would, you know, a lot of popularity is based on appearance. And so having these brains just continue to be exactly what they were prior to their removal from their bodies is just what's to believe there. I think it's asking us to to suspend this or to suspend, suspend the belief our belief because they're fucking talking brains in jars, which I don't know. I just felt weird. It felt it out of place. And I mean, I don't get I don't fault them for trying to go somewhere kind of unique with this. But it to me, it just it doesn't work. It kind of falls flat. Nothing really kind of congeals. Yep. And I just I mean, I wasn't entertained. And I mean, that was always one of my favorite characters. I would, you know, I don't care about them trying to change things and do things unique. But it yep. just didn't work. Well, and Shaggy was one of my favorite characters. And what they did with Norville is just made him not Shaggy. Norville is Norville. Norville's his own character. I sure. and but you can see at the end of the season, Norville might become Shaggy. Right. Because oh yeah, if you ever tried marijuana. Oh, okay. So well, okay, so let's get into that. Let's get but into that. I think that, that was his point. dad, wasn't it? Uh, I don't remember if it was his dad or just, I mean, his dad is a therapist technically or counselor at least. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember for certain. But what I will say is if we jump into this at this point, the only mention of Scooby throughout the whole show came at the end when they yes. were discussing the military project that involved transplanting the brains of Something that didn't make sense. They were going to take the brains of soldiers and put them into the bodies of hippies. Yeah, I mean, that about sums it up nicely. It was really such an odd concept. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around that part. But regardless, that was the, they called it Project Scooby. Not with a Y, with an I. It was C-O-B-B-I. C. S-C-O-O-B-I. Wow. Yes. <laughs> now, I a prediction I have, or at least what I would have done, is that, you know, if you're going this route, I would say that next season would have them take a brain and put it into the body of a dog, hence creating the Scooby that we know and love. Yeah, that's really the only thing that makes sense here is that they introduced the idea that they could put brains in jars and in those jars, they could still speak. 
But here, I'm going to start getting into the speculatory zone. I'm going to say okay. that you know every one of them in their... God, if they make the argument that it's just about the anatomy of the brain that it was put, that it was put into the body of, I'm going to be mad. I'm going to be mad. But all of the popular girls whose brains were removed and put in jars spoke exactly how they did through their bodies, through their vocal cords, through their physical being. And they're now in yeah. a jar projecting through a voice box that a I guess can accurately represent their original voices based on said vocal cords and physical body. Okay, sir, anyway. sir, I'm going to have to interrupt you for a sec. Your issue here, that is after they took the brains out of the bodies to put into a jar to continue living, the voices didn't sound any different. Right, and so I'm piecing together, like, if they were to put a brain into a dog and make it into Scooby, right? Does yes. that mean that the original individual had a perpetual no. speech impediment? Or no. is that the fact that they're now in a dog's cranium? So, it, for me, it would be the fact that they're in a dog's cranium. That's why they would talk like Scooby, because a dog's mouth and tongue can't create the same sounds that we do. The brains in jars, I mean... It's bullshit, but it makes sense that they talk like they normally do because it's probably some kind of just voice box modulator thing that's programmed. Yeah, you know, these are the important I hear questions. Bullshit robot voices on YouTube. I'm sure they can make a pretty good facsimile. Listen, these are the important questions because I can't suspend no. my belief so much. I know, but I want you gotta hear. You just gotta let that one go. Okay, the, well, the brain so, and the dog is going to talk like Scooby from the show. Probably okay. with a little bit more words. So that's our theory for season two, by the way, is that this whole brain thing is just an excuse for them to introduce Scooby in season two. And then, of course, as Jonathan mentioned a moment ago, they introduce Norville to weed at the end of the at the end of the season, mentioning it to him more so than anything else, like the actual there's been no pot smoking that we've seen as of yet no but of course that kind of leads into the suggestion that norville might be more mellow like shaggy in the future because norville's pretty uptight very wound up as it is at the moment and i get it like i think that norville is probably one of the most likable characters and also just the most almost normal of characters and so i think as an original character he's solid he could definitely be written around and made into something pretty great but i'm curious to kind of see where they're going from here now that they're like hey let's introduce him to marijuana and well i think they're intending to build them into the shaggy that everybody knows you know and i get yeah. it like you have characters start you always want growth and development on characters whether it's good or bad or what if they stay stagnant it's boring so if we started with shaggy well where does shaggy really go from there sure as like a character to develop so they start with norville and they watch him become shaggy could be entertaining it's fucking weird but yeah i get it it wasn't done well i like no. it i wasn't entertained and i wanted no. to be same i really did I wanted to find something in this show that would actually make me think, okay, this is actually all right. 
but really it was just my desire to get to the end to see what was going to be the resolution to it because they didn't really give us a whole lot like i'll admit within within the 30 seconds before they actually reveal who the baddie actually is i will admit that as i said before they don't give you those clues literally up until the moment they want you to know them and so in that 30 seconds we paused it and we discussed it and we both came to the same conclusion yes that fred's mom was the most likely killer and it was because they handed us all of that information right then it was a huge lead up that was all contained within basically one episode that you're just kind of like oh okay cool so it was all just kind of random story and jokes with a little bit of a plot direction until we got to this point i did because i mean Yes, there was character development. They definitely did some things with Velma and Daphne's story and Fred and Daphne and Fred's family. Like there were connections and I won't discredit that. That is 100% there. It's just so poor how it got delivered. Agreed. And oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. they develop and there's growth. It's <laughs> nonsensical. It, it hurts you to say it. I mean, it. It doesn't because I want there to be growth, but I want there to be like entertaining growth. I want to see in a short form mystery box show like this. I want it to have this nice congruent story that makes sense. It yeah. has clues sprinkled throughout so you can follow it and it gives you a reason to do a second watching. And I'd have to, I'd have to get a refresh on it, even though we just watched it yesterday, but. You know, <laughs> is there even any mystery not solved for season two? Do you so, remember? Yeah. So the way that the final episode wraps up is something about the sheriff being like, oh, I, I guess there's no such thing as ghosts or something along those lines. And then he gets suddenly and unsurprisingly murdered. They really set it up in a way where you just see it coming. But he gets murdered. So we know that season two is going to probably be about the murder of the sheriff or police chief. Honestly, I think he was a sheriff, but yeah, he gets killed. And that's what season two is more than likely going to at least be partially about because we found Vel Velma's mom. Vel Velma's mom, for some reason, was valuable enough to keep alive for two years. The timeline, we hadn't discussed the timeline. The timeline was atrocious because it made zero sense and the fact that velma's mom lived for two years under hypnosis by the killer was just a what the hell moment not to mention that they make some remarks later on that it's just like really like her mom as she's getting some of her memories back and everything she's like oh no i missed out on so much of your life velma and it was very much two made years. out to be like she was only gone for two years I feel like it had to be longer than that because it seemed like she was much younger in the flashbacks, in the Christmas flashbacks and everything. It seems it, like it was so much longer. I'd agree. Like when it came out that it was like only two years, I was just like, what the shit? I yeah. thought it was like six or 10 or something. She seems like she's a child, like a young child. And now she's in high school getting ready to graduate or something. Yeah. And then they all of a sudden suggest that it's only been a couple of years that there's been this gap. And that her dad remarried super quickly and then had a 
kid with another woman a year later. They paint everybody in this show to be a non-likable character, with one exception. One oh, exception. Who do you like? Tuba Man. Gigi? What? Okay. You only like it because it's Weird Al, man. Yeah, that's a little bit true. No, I mean, Gigi was an okay character, but she definitely has some obvious moments of why you would not like her. Actually, truthfully, I think Norville was probably the most likable character, even though they had their moments too. He was probably the most likable character, though, in my opinion. Maybe his dad. His dad might have been more likable. No, I mean, not for me. I... You don't like the hippie guidance counselor? It's overplayed. It was kind of boring. <laughs> no. Yeah, well, I, I mean, he was normal enough that it felt okay. I don't know if there was anybody I liked. And that's okay. I tried to find somebody to like. That's the thing. I tried to find somebody to give at least a little bit of credit to. And it was just such a bad show. And I don't want to just... You're not wrong. I mean, obviously, I agree. That's all I've, we've been saying. I don't want to just hate on the show. I mean, I enjoy watching just about anything, and I can find reasons to enjoy it. Yeah. I guess I, I could enjoy that they're trying to do a unique spin on Scooby and the gang and branch out into their own thing. Who knows where it's going to go? It, did it get a little bit better towards the end? I mean, in some ways, sure. Felt like... Like I've said earlier, it's a nonsensical mashup of a bunch of stuff, almost like it's a Scooby-Doo Rick and Morty. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they start throwing that stuff in. One thing that now kind of occurs to me is I, th I feel like I think towards the end of the series or season, they stopped doing fourth wall breaking. Yeah. So they went in a different direction. But again, these random things are thrown out and then discarded. It's just ruins the interest for me well i will watch season two probably so we can bring you another recap on that and give us give you our thoughts and feelings and how we do it differently and yeah regret every second of it agreed and i think we did kind of cover at least that our feels on it is that we really just want to make it more like what scooby-doo traditionally was with more of that mystery box that could carry a season as opposed to individual episodes that necessarily would have solved it each time i think it would have been fun to actually have a only murders in the building style of show based around scooby-doo that would have been fun for me and if you haven't seen only murders in the building just throwing it out there everybody listening that is a show that is 100 percent worth your time i really truly think it's a fun show and should be given a watch i have yet to watch that yeah, I should watch that soon, though. Is that, a, uh, that on Hulu, Netflix? Hulu. Yep. Hulu. Okay. Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. Really good show. I like it. All right. We'll have to watch it together. We'll do a Definitely. Little, yeah, we'll do an episode or two on that. Pro probably just about praise, though. Just giving you a heads up now. I don't have much to critique on it. <laughs> huh? Remember, but, this is about critiquing. We got to get true. into like how we would be doing it. If we were doing it, yeah, I'd absolutely because yeah. that show in particular is about a podcast about murder mysteries, like a crime show podcast, like a lot of popular podcasts these days. And then they get caught up in the mystery of an actual murder themselves. And it's very entertaining. So anyway, entertaining. we know that we feel like Velma should be more like Scooby-Doo 
And if they were going to do origin story around Velma, they needed to make Velma more likable because guess what? We all liked Velma. I'll grant you, there are people out there that I'm sure were like, no, Velma's not my favorite. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But Velma was not the awkward kid that we hated on in school. She was just the nerdy girl that was the nerdy girl. And you know what? Nerdy girls typically, you know what? That's probably a whole different thing. I'm just going to say that's a different thing. (laughs) That Velma shouldn't have been a character that they chose to hate on as much as they did. They should have left that to be. Okay, let me put it this way for the most obscure reference I can make right now. But she should have been like Gretchen from Recess, Disney's Recess, where she was just the really smart friend. That's what Velma was, was the really smart friend who was good at figuring things out and solving the mystery. And she was likable. And they did not make her likable here. And so you know that we would have made sure that she's likable because that's important. Definitely correct. It would have been important for me. I definitely would have tried for that. I I still or I would have probably wanted to go a bit into the outlandish, but mm-hmm. I would have stuck to a single theme, I guess. I there's probably there's wouldn't wrong. have tried for a Rick and Morty version of Scooby Doo. That doesn't work. At least yeah. I don't think it should work. But Better writers could probably make them like that work. But you're right, though. You're right that this could still be kind of like an adult, grittier Scooby-Doo, something to cater to the fans, the original fans being like, oh, hey, look, it's an adult Scooby-Doo. Like, we we grew up with them. We can experience this now because we're mature, right? But instead, we got absurdity, and it was too much. And it really detracted from the best parts. (laughs) So leave it at that right i think that's good yeah yeah cool cool if you guys haven't watched it yet we're gonna recommend you don't on this one but if you really want to experience it more power to you agreed i mean i'll recommend a lot of things to be entertained by it but i can't recommend velma i wish i could and like i said we'll watch season two maybe we'll see an improvement and more cohesiveness that we'll have to come back and back okay Give season one a try so you can go into season two understanding. But we'll take this bullet for you. We'll watch it for you and just kind of see where they go from here. If they introduce Scooby, who knows? Maybe we'll change our mind a little bit if they do it. I still believe there's going to be a brain put into a dog to make Scooby. Yeah. And if they don't, well, that's a fucking red herring. And they're a bunch of dicks. It's kind of like a why bother moment, right? Like. If you were going to introduce this aspect, why didn't you just carry us through? Correct. I mean, they named the project Goob or Scooby. They have brains that can be swapped. They want to answer the question of how do you have a talking dog in this adult cartoon? They had fucking talking brains. They can have a talking dog at this point. Yep. So, well, thank you all for joining us on the wrap up of Velma part two, the last six episodes of this season one atrocity that it is it deserves the rating that it got just know that and don't disagree yeah so as always you know where to find us we're to literary.com if you got any feedback for us we'd love to hear it feedback at we're to literary.com is our email address and i confirmed that it is working so if you got any feedback for us please Um, shoot it our way correct they could probably also Find us on what? Twitter? You're yep. on Twitter, aren't you? Yep. I think At I'm on Twitter. Soak and why? I, you're, 
Yours is tough, I'd have isn't to, it? I'd have to look mine up. I believe it's at townhouse, but the O's are zeros. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm trying to get him more involved on that, though, everybody. So just bear with us. Find me at SoKenY, S-O-K-E-N-W-A-I-I, and you'll see more tweets about when we drop our episodes. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and you'll find us there, too. Whenever we drop a new episode, you'll get a notification. So be sure to hit that button. We appreciate you all very much. Thank you again for joining us this week on We're Too Literary, and we'll catch you next time. I've been your host, Kenny. And I'm Jonathan. And good night. Good night. Or wait, good day. When are you watching this? Listening. Bye now. Whenever they're listening. Okay. Bye now.